Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need-to-know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Welcome to Top Stories of the Week. It's a big week for us. We have our 100th episode dropping tomorrow. You might have noticed a new intro and there's just more new stuff to come and a lot of things dropping this week in celebration of 100 episodes of Girl on the Cuff. It is, a, it is a little bit more because of top stories, but as far as our yeah. interview episodes, our OG episodes, 100th. 100, which like if you were looking, you're like, you guys, you are really bad at math. We know. We know, yeah, but we it's really that we... the top stories episodes on there. It bumps up the numbers of like, oh, wait, you guys are way over a hundred episodes, but no, we're just talking about the interview ones because that's our OG style. But as you may know, by being right here, listening to this episode, we have two new or not two new, but two episode styles. One is top stories, which is what you're listening to right now, where we run through the political stories of the week that we have our eye on. Doesn't mean it covers every story under the sun, but it's ones that we are definitely keeping a pulse on. And then our second type of episode is a Wednesday episode. And those episodes have interviews, 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 interviews with the top experts in the political field, giving us the 411 on all things, politics, government, civics, etc. So two episode types. Today's is top stories. So what I want to start with is a top story that happened to me. Oh, and man. I did not think that this could actually be a real thing. Okay, this is, it's sometimes, you know, it's a little thing. It's a little things. I think I'm, I know I, what you're going to say. I got a rogue, like, note this morning from rogue thoughts that went through <laughs> Samantha's head that she wants to talk about in our podcast. And I think <laughs> I know which one she's going to say just out of a wild guess, but go ahead. I am so curious if you get this right. So I was going for a walk this weekend because I'm doing nature girl summer. Oh, she knows. She knows. Yep. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you guys, she's got me good. She's got just me good go, on here. Just okay. Go, just go. Sorry. I'm really rolling here. So anyways, here I am. I'm crossing the streets. It's nature, nature girl summer, but like in, I'm like in a suburban area going to country, not in the depths of the country yet. And what do I see? A chicken crossing the road. A fucking rooster bolted in front of my little my little feet. And I'm like, did I just really see a chicken cross the road? Like, obviously, I know chickens walk. I know roosters walk. But, like, I just didn't think about the concept of, like, you know, it's just always been a joke in my head. Meanwhile, there's actually chickens that cross the road. Like, they really, like, I don't know what he was running from. Uh, something. Someone. Mm-hmm. Something. But I'm just well, for our I'm Hawaii listeners. Um... Is that a thing in Hawaii? Well, there's like wild chick- chickens everywhere in Hawaii. Like it's a thing. Like they're just chickens oh. everywhere. And so like, you know, they're not caged up. So they cross the road all the time. 
you know. Do Fun you fact. think that they pay attention to traffic signs? I mean, this guy was jaywalking. Probably not. That's probably on the list of roadkill items in Hawaii that we're not really used to here. But yeah, like over here, it's like majorly like deer, moose, and bear. Moose and bear. Wow, that's yeah. Sounds like yeah, a there's a lot of moose crossings. Totaling of your car. A moose? Yeah, it's definitely not recommended for anyone involved. The moose, the people, the car. It's not a good time. Sounds um, like a disaster. Wow, that's yeah. really violent and gory and sad. Wow, we really took this in a different direction. But the important Anyways, I just I shook it. She, it was, she was shook enough that she wrote it down in her notes and wanted to talk about it in her pot, political podcast. That's how shook she was. I've, I've been waiting like a full 48 hours to bring this up. It's fine. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we got it off your chest. But other things we have to get off our chest are the top stories. But before we do. I know. Before we do. Do you want to tell everybody about the assist? Duh. Okay. So you guys know we love a newsletter moment. And we have to tell you about quite a few today. But one that we love on a business professional end is called the assist as Maddie mentioned. And this newsletter gives you like advice on best practices at work, you know, whether it's like negotiating for a raise or ways to figure out a work-life balance in particular situations, gives you context, gives you advice. They have a really, really awesome segment on Wednesdays. They focus on really amazing women that are doing great things in the workplace and they give you all the all the advice under the sun. And I think it's really cool who they highlight, what they highlight, the advice. I think sometimes it's one of those things where you could be going through some of your, like your day-to-day work frustrations, trying to figure out your next moves in your career. And it's always great to ask your network, ask your friends. Sometimes you just want like neutral advice. Like you just really want to be like, yeah. okay, what, what are, what are the people saying out there? What are these other experiences people are having? What's happening outside my own little bubble? And mm-hmm. I think this newsletter does a really good job of doing exactly that. It gives you other ways of figuring out some of this, you know, work advice, this work atmosphere. It's yeah, always evolving. Corporate America. And I think corporate America. And entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship. I, I mean, the thing is, too, similar to when we, you know, we're talking about, you know, an entrepreneurial podcast that we were working yeah. with. It's just, you know whether it's entrepreneurial or, you know, in corporate America, you never know what your next move is going to be, whether it's on your own or into a big corporation that maybe you're not used to. And honestly, a lot of people too, like my first corporate job, I was the youngest person there by like 20 years being a young person in the workplace. Like sometimes you don't get a lot of young colleagues that you can confide in and relate to. And this gives, you know, a great outlet and resource Mm -hmm. to learn about navigating the crazy corporate world and business world. So you can sign up for this super easily with the link that we have in the description. If you are more of an audio person, it's theassist.com slash girl on the gov. If you go to that page, you can sign up for the newsletter and it comes out multiple times a week and there's a weekend edition scenario as well. So lots of love for the assist. Go sign up, check it out, send it to a friend as well. Someone's always in the group being like, ah, not so happy with this job, not sure what to do or... Do you have any advice on figuring out this element in my resume or how do I talk to my manager about XYZ? And this newsletter helps helps to tie that. it into our episode, our inflation episode and recession episode and the advice that Delano gives about job hopping during a recession. How do I get a raise or maybe do I need to find a new job? Like this is a great, great resource during this kind of totally. crazy inflation recession time that we're in as well. I could not agree more. Well, speaking Linked of newsletters in the though, episode description description 
We could totally be French. I see that for us. But I don't really like French food that much. Maybe not. Okay. Just going to skip right over that. But I do want to talk about one other newsletter before we get into this. Before we get yeah. into the top stories. There's a big one and that, that newsletter launched. I heard about. It's called... What is it? Hold on. I'm scratching my hat for a second. Yeah. I it's... think... It's called... Oh, you know what it's called? Hashtag viral. viral. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. There it is. There it is. It's actually hashtag this... upper, all uppercase viral because that's that's what we're doing here. But yeah, tell them about it, Sam. Yeah. So after you've screamed hashtag viral at the top of your lungs while reading this exact title, <laughs> the newsletter is social media focused and it is for people in the political space. Granted, you could find benefit from this outside the political totally. space as well, but generally speaking, it is designed for people within this field. So whether you are running for office, you're an elected official, you are working on a campaign, you work for a nonprofit, a, a nonprofit. <laughs> Sorry. A nonprofit, a PAC, whatever it is within the political space, this newsletter is really oriented towards you providing social media tidbits, tips and tricks advice on what to do in the social media sphere so how to use it what platforms to be on what platforms are kind of a waste of time and then of course the best trends and things to know about when it mm -hmm. relates to these platforms so sometimes that means okay what are the best audios to use for a tiktok yeah. a reel etc other times it means a change in etiquette that's happening with tagging or you know anything yeah. under the sun as well as updates too i mean they are always changing these platforms like nobody's the algorithm business, all changes competing. all of the things i mean yeah all it's true like this really can be helpful to anybody even outside of the political space if you are a content creator and need to make content for your business brand company it's also definitely applicable because my favorite part of it is that just the content ideas that we are providing people that is right. really the hardest part about having to make content is having to think of what to make and how to also make sure you tie that in and make it something that could go viral. I think it could be helpful for a lot of people and the content ideas are my favorite part. It really is social media consulting right to your inbox. $17.30 a month. So that's less than $5 a week for our, our tidbits, our tips yeah. and tricks and... As you guys know, if you're listening here, we really have been on all sides of the coin. We are the business owners. We are the podcasters, social media influencers. Yeah. We've worked in marketing, PR, campaigns. So we've seen how social media and politics can intersect and create a really great synergy and bring campaigns, bring issues, bring initiatives, all that to the next level and make change. Yes, politics definitely needs some help in the social media space and so that's really what we're trying to provide but also just social media like literally made girl in the gov what it is today and it has so much power to do the same for you so definitely if you need the social media help content ideas then go sign up that is also linked in the episode description but let's get into the top stories of the week starting it off it really so far like this weekend was pretty was pretty bare as far as news but last week was chock full of it and we're going to run through kind of what happened last week, but more just like the analysis of like what it all means moving forward. So starting with the Trump raid findings, the Justice Department has completed its review of potentially privileged documents seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida state this month and has identified a, quote, limited set of materials that potentially contain attorney-client privilege information, according to a court filing Monday. So the filing from the department show, or follows a judge's weekend order indicated that she was inclined to grant the Trump legal team's request for a special master to review the seized documents to set aside any that may be covered by claims of legal privilege. 
So there's a hearing set for Thursday in federal court in Florida. The Justice Department said it's filing in its filing that it would disclose more, more information later this week. A little more just like kind of breakdown of what broke last week, what it all means. The Justice Department officials basically like we found out that have been going back and forth for months this year with former President Trump lawyers and aides over the return of government documents at his Florida home and federal prosecutors became convinced that they were not being told the whole truth. And so that was kind of like the real catalyst that got the Justice Department thinking about we might need to look into this a little bit further. So that conclusion helped them ultimately set in motion a decision that would amount to a very unparalleled test of the Justice Department's credibility in a deeply polarized political environment, which is to seek a search warrant to enter a Mar-a-Lago and retrieve what prosecutors suspected would be highly classified materials beyond the hundreds of pages that Mr. Trump had already returned. So by the government's account, that, that gamble paid off for the FBI because of the box loads of sensitive material during the search that they found from three weeks ago. So it was really just, this is kind of like an unprecedented search and effort by the FBI to go after like a really any kind of high ranking political official, but especially a former president. And especially one that literally could run for president again and still has a very loyal base. And that was definitely a gamble. So Attorney General Merrick Garland now faces the prospect of having to decide whether to file criminal charges against a former president and likely a 2024 Republican candidate, which is again, historically unprecedented. And there's nothing really that's even paralleled it. So Remarkably, he may have to make this choice twice as well, depending on what evidence his investigators find in their separate broad inquiry into Trump's efforts to reverse the outcome of the 2020 election and his involvement in the January 6th attack. So the Justice Department is literally looking into these classified documents he has been keeping in his home, but then a whole other search is about January 6th. So there's literally two things they're going after Trump for, which is, again, unprecedented and wild. Did you have something to say? I mean, yes, but it is. It's Should we debrief after? Okay. We can debrief after. We'll debrief after this. So it is still unclear how either case will play out. Prosecutors working on the investigation into Trump's handling of classified information are nowhere near making a recommendation to Mr. Garland yet, according to people with knowledge of the inquiry. Court filings describe the work as continuing and with the possibility of more witness interviews and other investigative steps to come. So over the course of this year, as prosecutors sought to understand how sensitive government documents ended up at Trump's Florida resort, they began to examine whether three laws, laws had been broken. So the Espionage Act, which we mentioned last week, which outlaws the unauthorized retention or disclosure of national security information, a law prohibiting the mishandling of sensitive government records, and a law against obstructing a federal investigation, and in setting an insurrection, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> Just... The list goes on, folks. And so if Mr. Garland choose to move forward with the charges, it will be a historic moment for the presidency, a former leader of the United States accused of committing a crime and possibly forced to defend himself before a jury of his fellow citizens. <laughs> it is a process that could potentially unfold even as he runs for the White House against an incumbent whose administration is prosecuting him. So it's just a really wild situation. And yeah, like when the kind of legal implications fall from this, like it could be closer to 2024 and when he has already announced his bitch run for the presidency again. So it's just fucking wild. But you know what? Here's, here's the thing. Well, there's many a thing, but one, one of these is that Trump has many a time said that he will determine whether he runs for 2024 based on the results of the midterm elections. So, so 
to do a little referendum on that. Highly recommend turning out to vote and voting blue, making sure that your friends do as well, because that is going to be part of the equation for him. Do I think, though, that with his ego and his bullshit, that he'll run no matter what, and he's just using that as some type of, like, teaser? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. He's delusional. hey, hey, why not help it out? Vote blue, show up, make sure your friends do too. You know, little details. Little details, Mm. especially secretaries of state and attorney generals, please don't forget Mm -hmm. those races. But yeah, I just can't believe all of this. But again, we will continue to keep you updated. I think it's going to be a running story probably for a long time. So yeah, this is going to be the new build back better. It's literally going to be the new build back better. (laughs) And and it's also going to be the new January 6th hearings because that's also not Mm. done yet. And that's, again, the whole other, you know, FBI, Trump project that they're working on together you know a collaboration they're collabing they're collabing <laughs> also if you don't know what we're talking about when we're referring to like the build back better here when that was going on last year aka every single week it was just another well we'll keep you up we had like because- an extra sentence of of information each week that like like that's that on this week but come back next week for the next yep. sentence of updates <laughs> <laughs> So nonetheless, anyways, at least we got the Inflation Reduction Act no longer built back better, got across the finish line. So there we are with that. But I guess we should move on to the next story, which is student debt forgiveness. Last week, you guys may have seen some big news on this. There has been some serious movement on this. The the details, the dirty details can be found on an array of accounts that we've recommended on our Instagram page. But if you're curious about the breakdown of those, Woke Doctors has a whole breakdown as well as under the news, the podcast associated with our favorite TikToker also gives you the four in one on next steps. But what we're going to cover here is really more the reactions that have been coming. And I think forever and always mine will be the reactions of the White House Twitter account absolutely owning the Republicans, because that was just mm, sweet. Basically, for the tea there, these Republicans were tweeting about how the student debt forgiveness plan is baloney. What if you didn't go to college? The taxpayers are going to pay for this. What if you, it's unfair to people that already pay theirs off, all these things. And anyways, a lot of these Republicans were forgiven on their PPP loans. So L- Oh, L. And the White House Twitter decided to point that out and own each of them by sharing the receipts. So nonetheless, love that. Go give their Twitter a follow. It is now run by a amazing young woman who used to work on Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey's team, campaign team, killing the Twitter there. But nonetheless, some reactions here. So some of the Democrats excited, happy. They feel like this is okay. They delivered on a campaign promise. To Republicans and even a few in the president's own party, the Dems, it was an ill-advised move that was unfair to those who had diligently paid back their loans or decided not to go to college. That is like some of the commentary there. On the Democratic side, they contend that the loan forgiveness would provide a lifeline for struggling working class families, while Republicans charge that's a giveaway to the elites. I would like to circle back to my commentary on the PPP loans. But anyways, for the midterms, the elitist rhetoric tactic plays right in line with the GOP's current brand of grievance and victimization politics. Conservative strategist Chip Felkel said, giving them another rallying point to fire up their base and maybe attract some like-minded independents who see this action as unfair. Biden's plan will erase $10,000 in federal student loan debt for those with incomes of $125,000 a year 
or less or households that earn less than $250,000 a year. It will also cancel an additional $10,000 for those who receive federal Pell Grants to attend college and will pause federal student loan repayments until the end of December. Democratic Rep Tim Ryan facing off in a U.S. Senate battle in Ohio against Republican J.D. Vance criticized Biden's order as unnecessary for some people and unfair to others. Tim Ryan, I disagree with you wholeheartedly. And I know, and I actually, that makes me I want wanted. to read AOC's little thing. Did you see her post about it? Oh, Just yeah, this. read that, read that. So she always does her little Q&As on Instagram, which we love. And somebody asked, how does canceling student debt help us who paid their loans? And she said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Not every program has to be for everybody. People with apartments pay for first-time homeowner benefits. Young people pay for Medicare for our seniors. People who take public transit pay for car infrastructure. Maybe student loan forgiveness doesn't impact you. That doesn't make it bad. I'm sure there are certainly other things that student loan borrowers' taxes pay for. We can do good things and reject the scarcity mindset. We love manifesting queen that says doing something good for someone else comes at the cost of something for ourselves. An example, if a person is blessed enough to be in a position to have paid off their loans, maybe they have a home now and benefited from first time homeowners programs that people crushed by student loans helped subsidize when they aren't able to buy a home because of student debt. It all comes around. It's okay. We can support things we don't directly benefit from. Which is literally democracy, which is literally how government works. Yep. Like, you pay taxes and it goes to a range of things. Honestly, the majority of those things won't even impact you or affect your life, but are government programs that help other people. And it's just literally how our government has always worked. And the fact that people are now like, but we, it's not going to affect us. Why do we have to like contribute to this? I think the classic thing is like, for example, like if you had cancer, went through chemo, et cetera, survived, God bless. Like, and then all of a sudden there was a better cure years later that helped other people. You're not like, oh, it's unfair that they get a better treatment because I didn't get it. Like, no. I Like, no matter what what it is, that's just mindset has always pissed me off too with just like government in general, but like especially kind of more conservatives like think like this. Like they can't process progress. And like you literally, the reason we're like on this planet is to make it better for our children. Like, how can I make my children's life better than mine like isn't that how you think when you raise your children like it's the same thing for like society as a whole we're just trying to be better all the time and it's like you can't be like oh well I didn't get that treatment or it was like this when I was that age like great well you are you contributed probably to it being better for future generations isn't that amazing like why like it's like conservatives are so against that so annoying but it's also weird because that is like a talking point of them. It's always about the kids. and It's like a victim mentality mall. too. Right. Yeah, it's like looking at a yo-yo. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, definitely a big story. And, you know, there's definitely different political implications on each side and how each party is going to use this during this big midterm season. And speaking of the midterms, we talked about this a little bit last week. And this was before the primary results dropped from last week which kind of contributed to this narrative of like there's a major power shift happening potentially as far as like this red wave that everyone was expecting a lot of different political analysts are saying ah, ah I actually don't know if it's gonna be a red wave anymore so basically Republican worries of a midterm flop are growing ahead of the critical post-Labor Day campaign season with analysts who had previously predicted massive GOP gains shifting their forecast towards Democrats so Rick Tyler who's a Republican strategist and analyst said the environment looks quote not even close to a red wave election year 
And so he said the enthusiasm is just not there. Last time Republicans had a good year, they were six points ahead in the generic poll. Now we're barely two points ahead. So it's definitely not going to happen, he said. And so there's just all of these kind of polls and like data coming out about the numbers aren't looking like this red wave that was once predicted. And well, that's because the- Dark Brandon is here. Yeah, and then we had special elections. This was already kind of the narrative before. We talked about it last week, and then we had these special elections happen. Republican Mark Molinaro ended up losing to Pat Ryan in New York, and there's just been kind of this new wave of better-than-expected wins and results for Democrats in some of these primaries. So, yeah, it's it's all very interesting and you know, obviously we won't know until it's closer and we've also seen how quickly things can shift and there's a range of things that have shifted this summer that have now favored Democrats, but who knows what could happen leading up to November, but here's where we are right now, but those are your top stories tune in tomorrow for our 100th episode we also have a special little episode dropping tomorrow too Mm -hmm. so do not miss it and anything else just get ready for tomorrow everything else is going to come tomorrow so just tune in tune in folks you know what i will give a teaser as to what tomorrow's episode is about okay fine wait which one (laughs) he 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 Oh, well, our our interview episode. The other, you're just going to have to wait and find Yeah, out. that one's a secret. Right, right. That's secret project. So, you look, 24 hours till you find out. You guys are going to be okay. I believe in you. It's going to be fine. Eat a cookie. However, the topic for the interview episode, and it's a double header. It's a double, double header. header is ballot measures. We are talking about abortion-related ballot measures, reproductive rights, reproductive freedom, all of those plus like I said, ballot measures, we're getting into it. We're hearing two, not even opinions, two different sides of the equation, different things that are moving, moving and shaking in that world. You guys are going to be excited. You got, well, I'm obsessed with both of the women that we spoke with. Personally, I love these doubleheader episodes where we cover a topic from, it's not even two perspectives, like they're differing in such different ranges. Like they're ultimately going for the same goal, but in different locations. Like I think it's cool to see yeah, the contrast of how results. something might work in one state versus another state, right. what those operations are. So anyways, similar to our episode with Mandy Landry and Emily Beach, it's going to be kind of that style of a two-for-one perspective scenario on particular issue and this one it's ballot measures and reproductive rights anyways we have a meeting in less than a minute so we'd love you all but we will talk (laughs) to you tomorrow toodles toodles Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.